Kisses her two children, both aged less than ten. She says, "Be good for daddy till I see you both again." Don't forget to say your prayers and brush your teeth pure white, and give daddy a kiss from me when he talks you in. Daddy stood behind her as she held back the tears. Another night of turmoil, another night of fears. She hugs them one last time. Daddy, tell her not to go. He held them closer to his chest and sang a sweet and low. She's going to bat. Fight is over when the battle's won. Talk about the heroes and armies won. The world it may be standing still, but heroes they stand tall. We are to pull together if any comrades fall. They face the daily fear. Kindness and with care. We will need your mom tonight. That's why we have to share. The world is facing chaos with fear at every door. We must be united, and we never were before. Fight the battle, fight until it's won. She's going into battle with guns of her own. She'll be there for every family, so no one dies alone. When this fight is over, when the battle's won, they'll talk about the heroes and. Your mommy's one. She's going into battle with guns of her own. She'll be there for every family, so no one dies alone. When this fight is over, when the battle's won, we'll talk about the heroes and your mommy. You're very welcome along to Kyologus Crack. It is Ken here. Mark is on the other line. Good morning, Marco. I'm doing wonderfully well. A gorgeous, hot, hot summer's day here in the uh, the city. And we kicked off the show there with uh, a couple of tracks, a couple of traditional tracks uh, this morning there. And um, 
I'll tell you what now, they were uh, they were quite the, the firecrackers. If you didn't get you going there this morning, that was Zoe Conway. Uh, she's from Dundalk and she teamed up there with Marcin O'Connor and Donald Lunny. And uh, that's who kicked off the program this morning there. So quite the, uh, quite the track. Uh, the, and then we just played out there the number one song on Apple uh, Tunes, iTunes there over in Ireland. Ger O'Donnell and talk about the heroes. And of course, Ger teamed up with the man himself, Johnny B. Broderick, to, uh, to write that song about the, uh, the heroes. And uh, Johnny's a good pal of the show. He's got the CD in the mail to me, Mark, and it hasn't arrived yet. He was on to me this week. Now I'll tell you, we'll have Johnny on the show soon. He told me he'd be free in about 2025. We'll have to see what we can do about that. Uh, how was your week, pal?
We can't hold hands, we can't embrace, we need to keep our distance space. We have to try to abide and unite the human race. This is our time to come together. And show our love for one another Because we're all in this together And together we are one We know that it won't last forever If we're all We never know what comes around Through all the ups and all the downs We must stay strong, stand our ground Although the world seems full of doubt Let's persevere and conquer fear Until the day we all can cheer Because we're all in this together And together Well, we're hoping that we have our uh, technical difficulties sorted here, folks. Sorry about that, but uh, hopefully you're enjoying the music. Are you there, Mark? Oh, here's the big test, Ken. Can people hear me now? Oh, by golly, the mic is up. The mic is up. I think we have it sorted. Our technical expert, 
Mr. Ronan Tracy, my son, has come to the rescue, Mark. Man, Ronan. Just uh, make sure you talk into the mic there, bud, so I can so that your volume goes up. Yeah, I'm right at it. Good, man. Uh, you should be able to hear me loud and clear. All right, good, folks. Well, listen, there we go. It's a little extended bit of music. And sure, look, it, maybe that's what you all want anyway. It's probably good for you. You don't have to listen to myself and Mark yabbering on there, but uh, let's go back over who we did play anyway. In case you didn't, uh, in case you didn't hear us from the outset, um, that last song there came to us from uh, Raymond over there at Sharp Music. That's Andy Cooney and his son Ryan, and of course their latest uh, song that was recorded for. Um, all the, uh, the the caregivers in uh, COVID-19. So well done. That's a nice a nice track from them. And before that, we had Ger O'Donnell and the number one hit over there in Ireland on the Apple iTunes and his collaboration with Johnny B. Broderick and Talk About the Heroes, a lovely track there from them. And then we had a young lady that we had on the program a few weeks ago, Mark, Lorraine Nash from Kerry, and her latest track, Changing Tides. And another lady from Kerry there, Mary Cullity O'Sullivan, and a beautiful rendition of The Town I Loved So Well. We had her on the show as well. We certainly did. We had a whole uh, whole string of folks on this programme, and we uh, have another packed show this morning. We're going to have a local musician, Brian Tahney, uh, plays all around town, and, of course, with North Atlantic Drift, you can catch Brian in many places and festivals across the country, and we'll have a good chat with him. We also have a young man, Michal O'Rourke, who is uh, taking care of people's mental health through this whole COVID. He's from Armagh. We look, uh, look forward to chatting with him. And then a big one uh, that you had to do uh, a recording with, because Shane was supposed to be on the program, but uh, something came up and he couldn't come on live. But you've done a very nice interview with Shane Dowling, Mark. I don't know if he, he probably is the first uh, All-Ireland uh, hurling medal winner we've ever had on the show. I know we've had a couple of footballers on, but he might be the first hurler. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but yeah. Uh, he was a member of the Limerick team that beat Galway in the 2018 All-Ireland final. He came on in that game and scored a goal and um, also has a unique All-Ireland club medal with the Napiershik club down there. But it's a great interview. Um, it's a, a really centers in on his uh, retirement announcement, Ken, uh, back uh, about two and a half weeks ago. Um, and he makes some very interesting uh, comments about uh, um, about the state of the game. And he also talks a little bit about his own career um, and the decision he had to make, uh, or that it basically was made for him. So no, it's a very interesting interview. You don't want to miss it. You certainly don't. That's that's for sure. All right. Well, look at um, we. As we said, we had a pack. We have a pack show. We're going to play a little bit of, of Brian Tahney now, and um, then we'll uh, hopefully have Brian on the line, and we can have a, a, a wee chat with him. Here's a couple of a couple of tracks here. The humors of Lissadell and never was piping so gay. <laughs>
Well, there you go. That was a lovely bit of music there from Brian Tahney. And we're delighted to have Brian on the phone this morning. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Ken. How are you doing? All right, not too bad. Always good to hear a Sligo accent. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, no, well, I have to leave the two E at it now. Is that the deal? I think you will, Mark, yeah. Brian, uh, Mark's on the line as well there. He's, uh, he's from Leash, as you probably know. But uh, we're delighted to have you on the programme as uh, we try to feature local artists through, this, uh, through the whole period. First of all, I suppose, how have you been keeping uh, through the whole COVID? How are you and your family? Doing very well, thank you. I, I was an essential worker, as they say. So I work for a non-profit and uh, I've been working all the time. So I've been keeping busy during the time. And uh, all doing well, thank you very much, Ken. Good man. Tell us a little bit, maybe if you can, Brian. What uh, what have you been up to uh, as, as an essential worker? Maybe gives a, a, a viewpoint from the from the front lines, as they say. Well, I'm not so much front line, but I manage. Uh, I'm the manager of property services at a, a non-profit uh, housing. Right. And we've we've got about twenty two, twenty three buildings around Toronto that uh, I manage. Uh, so a lot of frontline stuff, uh, our maintenance staff have to go into apartments and repair things and do stuff like that. And we've got a whole bunch of support workers too at our, uh, we support a lot of people. So it's been a tough couple of months for sure. Uh, we've been trying to keep people fed and looking after all their maintenance things. And uh, the staff have been very good. And of course, we've had to adopt ways, you know, yourself. Of Kevin. course, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how many uh, of our community are actually out there and we don't, we don't even know it. You know, these are some of the untold stories, I suppose, about, yeah. uh, about the Irish and, and, and at the forefront of, of this pandemic. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people suffering, obviously, through this. And, and uh, it's, it's great that you're, you're there and part of it to be able to help them out. And thanks indeed. And it's great to be, uh, actually, it's, it's a nice, a nice, uh, place to work but it's nice to see us opening up now too Ken. yeah it's certain to, to bring a bit of relief for folks and, and i suppose on the music side brian how have you been have you been managing are you are you doing any stuff on on facebook and social media well i'm useless i never signed into facebook uh so <laughs> i've stayed away from that altogether but uh, uh my my part uh, my partners in the band uh, Ken, uh, Dan McDonald has, has a very big presence on Facebook uh, he's been teaching people over Zoom and that's expanded for him quite a bit uh, We last month we did a live streaming ourselves, the three of us got together uh, and we did a concert, an hour long concert there last month and we're going to have one again tonight actually Oh, brilliant. Well, maybe tell the listeners uh, where and what they can tune into or what time that's on, Brian. Yeah, I will. When did I get my info up here? But uh, tonight from 8 o'clock uh, for about 45 minutes or so, we'll be doing a, a concert. Um, uh, I see. No worries. And we, we've got a, a special guest, Shane Mulcrone, who's from Mayo, a banjo player. And he plays with us occasionally, and he's agreed to join us tonight for for this uh, uh, for this one. Uh, and is he in town? Ta- is he in town, Brian? He is. He's been in in Toronto a little bit over a year now. Oh, very good. Uh, one of these younger lads coming over to to Toronto as has happened for many many years, and he's a great musician. Um, 
That's so great that you're able to that. showcase uh, young lads and that the tradition is uh, is still carrying on. That's brilliant. It is absolutely carrying on. Uh, we're looking really forward to it quite a lot. And uh, we got a lot of viewers the last month as well. So, um, Very difficult, obviously, Brian, you know, for, for guys like yourselves. I mean, if you're not doing that, are you... You know, are you recording anything, or 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 what have you been using your time through COVID on? Well, I think the work has sort of kept me busy. Right. And it's it's unfortunate. We were very very busy in music. We play at least tw- uh, t- twice a week. Really, we had a we had a weekly gig uh, at the Caledonian downtown, and uh, of course, everything just suddenly stopped. So everything went, and uh, I guess. Uh, it's uh, time to uh, soften up our fingers there. I've been, I've uh, find that every time I go back to the guitar or the fiddle, my fingers start to hurt a little bit. But there you go. Yeah, exactly. Now you got your you got your start over in in Sligo, of course. Um, what got you into the music, Brian, in the first place? Oh gosh, uh, I was sort of uh, wanted to be uh, Rory Gallagher, I suppose, back in the seventies when I started playing, and. Uh, <laughs> one uh, one night I went down to a session in Sligo in a great place called the Trades Club indeed and uh, uh, there was about I don't know about 12 different musicians they're all the old bunch of musicians now uh, pretty famous names who came from Sligo and they were all playing there and I was about 16 I think or 15 at the time and I just thought to myself man this is your own music this is what you should be doing and so I arrived there the next week with a mandolin, and I haven't looked back since. Ah, brilliant, brilliant. Was a fella by the name of Joe Dowd, was he uh, hanging in and around there at the, those times? Probably was. Oh, indeed, Ken, yeah. It was Joe who ran all the fest- all the sessions in Sligo. And uh, I played with him, I don't know, for many, many years there at all those sessions. And... Uh, Indeed, we even went to Brittany one time with him. Is but I met right? Loretta Reed at those sessions. He was about the only other musician my age. And we eventually started going out and had formed a band. And we played at festivals when we were just teenagers. The Boys of Alicidera, we played a couple of years. Uh, Letterkenny Folk Festival as well. Back in the 70s when, when times were really... A lot of fun those days. <laughs> it's all right, yeah. What brought you to Canada, Brian? Well, we got married, had a couple of kids, and uh, unfortunately, the 80s in Ireland was a very poor time to, to do much. Uh, and I was out of work for some time, applied for Canada, and got in. So we arrived over here with our two kids at the time, uh, back in 1988. And oh, very good, my goodness. Just a year before myself, so... Really? Yeah, indeed. And in fact, it's a small world, Brian. An uncle of mine ended up buying your house, Tony Finan, in Sligo. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I don't know if you That's know right. that or not. Cranmore Road. That's right. Yeah, you had the recording studio in there. I remember as a kid going in there and seeing the recording studio. I've been quite impressed. A house in Sligo, yeah. the recording studio. Yeah, I had a lot of fun there and recorded some great bands from from Sligo, I remember those nervous animals and a whole bunch of boys that I recorded yeah. there. Uh, great great bands, bands. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, those nervous animals. That's right. They were a Sligo band. They were um, from a few different places, but um, 
Oh, Brennan. I forget his first name. John, but he was wasn't the lead it? singer. Yeah, John Brennan. John Brennan. I've met him a few times since I go ever since since when I go back. He's still singing away, but they were a, a massive band. Yeah, there was some massive bands there. I remember us all been crammed into Hennigan's pub listening to those nervous animals before they kind of had that first big single there, My Friend John. And then yes, yes we, indeed. We actually had a request from a, a, a Dublin lad, Cormac Monaghan, there a few weeks ago to play that song, so we had it on. So there you go. Maybe it was recorded in your studio. <laughs> I think I did a demo for it. That's good. In our studio. That's what happened there. And then I went up to Dublin. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, and, uh, you know, so we just let people know, of course, again, you're going on live stream with North Atlantic Drift this evening at 8 o'clock, Brian. I suppose if people just uh, if people just search you up on, on, on any of the social sites there, they'll, they'll be able to find that concert. Uh, yeah, it's true, Facebook. Uh, and I, I think Dan McDonald's uh, Facebook. I'm still busy trying to find out You're what right, the yeah. address of it is. <laughs> well, you know what it is these days anyway. It's very easy on social media. You just start typing it in and, and up it pops. Right, it'll, so, it'll pop up immediately indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, I have, um, it's uh, Dan McDonald uh, Fiddle is the, is, the, uh, is the group there. I see it. It's very active. So good man yourself. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. See, even if Mark can work it there, Brian, we're all sound, you know. I'm sure anyone could do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, is there any kind of... Are you getting any information as musicians in terms of, like, we've been talking to a few different publicans and whatnot. It doesn't sound like live music will be coming back anytime soon, but uh, is there anything that you're hearing on the horizon as to when we might get to see a live show, even if it is limited numbers? Uh, you know, I, I it, it's pretty much every single musician in the world is in the same situation. Where uh, we're wondering, you know, probably not until there's a, a vaccine for this, uh, will we be able to get back into those sort of, uh, you know, social gatherings. Right. But, uh, but uh, at least now we're able to, you know, come together ourselves and uh, share it with people, which is which is wonderful. Yeah, it's nice. It, it's a it's a great music. Is just kind of a great healer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. It's kept me through thick and thin, as they say. Indeed. Well, Brian, we really appreciate you taking the time out this morning. We know you've got a busy day lined up. We wish you the best, too, in the concert. You've got a few a few things going on this afternoon as well, you were telling me. So uh, we, we do appreciate you taking the time to join us. And uh, we, we'll be playing a bit more of your, your, uh, your music here now. Um, but, uh, again, thanks a million for, for taking the time here. Well, thanks to yourself, Ken, and to yourself, Mark. Because it's been wonderful to, uh, to have keep this radio station and keep keep this program going. You're you're a great man for Irish music, and thank you very much for that. Thanks, Brian. We got one. We got a few tracks here coming up: the Chicago Reel, famous Ballymote, and the Wise Maid. Up. All the best. All the best now.
thought I could miss your cry The way you kept me up through all those sleepless nights But all I want is, all I want is you Not one for cliches or for rhymes But a little bit of distance makes the heart come back to life Now all I want is, all I want is you We are under the same night sky So I will always be by your side family invite you to visit downtown Toronto's oasis of Irish hospitality at the Irish Embassy, 49 Young Street at Wellington, and PJ O'Brien's at 39 Colborne, just behind the King Edward Hotel. The Irish Embassy, a landmark of classic architecture, is your downtown destination for drinks, snacks, lunch, or dinner. Call 416-866-8282. And just around the corner, enjoy the local pub atmosphere of PJ O'Brien's, serving the best in pub fare and also your downtown venue for an intimate evening dinner. PJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday night. Call PJ's at 416-815-7562.
Oh, oh, oh.
there you go. A little uh, little band there, Mark, from uh, Dublin. I don't know if you've ever heard of them there. You too. Ah, the boys, yes, 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 of course. Indeed, yeah, no, very good. Stuck in a moment. It feels like we're kind of stuck in a moment, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, but uh, always uh, good to hear from community members and them doing their bit, and uh, it was nice to hear from Brian there. Are you referring to the pandemic or the radio show? uh, (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of both there, Mark, yeah. Thanks for catching, uh, catching that one. Um, yeah, the uh, the radio uh, this morning. There's a few uh, gremlins in and around, but I think we're working through it, and right. and we're hearing you now, so that's good. All right, well, I'll be back at the uh, I'll be back at the controls next week now, so I'm sure I'll get my fair share of distress next week. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, um, there's a bit of golf going on at the moment uh, at the memorial down in. I guess it's um, I don't know if it's ever happened before, but they're playing. Uh, event uh, for consecutive weeks at the same golf course but Lowry missed the cut McElroy is in the is in the mix there he's at two under par and McDowell also missed the cut Kenny and um, you were uh, you picked Dustin Johnson that didn't go very well for you this week and my mine was only marginally better I think I uh, I don't know if I've ever seen scores that are uh, that were that high for for fellas um, in particular of the caliber that we're talking about here I didn't get to see any of the golf. I, I don't know if this course is obviously playing tougher, uh, but certainly tougher for some anyway. Yeah, we're in a golf pool, and uh, my lad there, Dustin Johnson, was he was consistent at least because he was eight over both days. And I'm taking a fair bit of abuse now from fellas that are in this pool, including yourself. Thanks very much. I know that uh, you're not a huge fan of Bryson DeChambeau, but he took a 10 on a hole yesterday. And um, it, it was literally a tin cup event. He kept trying to hit the same shot three times. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it was a bit comical to watch it, but kind of uh, it's nice nice to know that they can put numbers up like that as well. If anybody has played the game of golf, Mark, you know that you've always had an opportunity to put one of them on your scorecard at some stage of your golfing career and it's not a very good feeling I can't imagine if it was for playing money for money as a pro ah uh, yeah and of course the GAA is starting to open up a little bit uh, a lot of the club games now are starting there's a the Dublin Senior Hurling Championship is kicking off this weekend and of course no more than 200 people are allowed in to watch the games but uh, most of them uh, at least for some of the bigger counties at least are picking up the games on TV so I think people are um, people are just thrilled that they can watch a little bit of live uh, live um, uh, Gaelic football and hurling on the on the box. So anyway, it's great to see it back. I see it was a we have a Brendan Casserly's listening down in Wexford. Wexford kicked off a whole bunch of things there. Um, uh, I, I think over the last couple of days they did indeed. And the best named hurling club <laughs> in the country. Owler the Bala. Yeah, that was an eight goal thriller, Mark. Uh, that was on. Uh, I think it was last night. That game was there. So five nineteen to three sixteen, and uh, your favourite name team uh, were beaten there. So by Saint Martin's. Yeah, I think the goalies maybe were uh, the goalies were maybe over uh, overindulging during COVID in the, uh, from from those two teams. Yeah, it may have been, may have been, yeah. Uh, some other news there. I actually see the man we had on the program uh, last week, uh, John Horn, was uh, was in the media over there. 
this week because he's calling for, of course, more people to be uh, to be let in. They have the big yeah. stadiums, so why not let more people in and spread them out? You can easily spread it out. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. I know he's made a plea to the government to uh, to allow that happen. And uh, in, indeed, you know, having listened to your interview with uh, with Shane. He's got some interesting remarks on all of that, and uh, so uh, it'll be uh, worthwhile to stick around to hear his thoughts on yeah. on what's going on in, in GEA circles. And a big shout-out as well to, um, I don't know why it is, maybe it's because some of our best players played for them, but Leeds United are back up in the Premiership. Uh, they've been promoted for the first time in about 16 years, but there's a strong Irish connection, I suppose, with Leeds over the years. Um, with some, um, perhaps maybe Johnny Giles and some of those lads, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Great to see them back up again. For sure it is, yeah. It's going to be uh, some of the old rivalries um, will be back. In particular, I suppose, the Leeds United-Man United uh, rivalry will be good to... I think you are United staying in the Premiership this year? I can't remember now, Man United. I think they'll stay. I think they'll stay. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it will. It'll be great to see some of those old rivalries. And uh, over the, uh, the the last few years, I've um, had the the opportunity to be in Leeds for for various businesses business reasons. And I drive by Ellen Road, and you know, you always get to think, "Oh my goodness, wouldn't it be great to have that back in the Premier League?" And here we are now staring at it, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be great to see, great to see. So well done to uh, to Leeds and all their fans. They must be thrilled. I also see, in uh, just back on, on GEA News there, Mark, I see that this year's All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final will take place at Crow Park on the 12th of December. Um, but the, the tradition of having the intermediate and the premier junior deciders, that will not be. They normally play a triple header on finals day, so they will not be played at uh, the headquarters this year. So there you go. I uh, just on the uh, the music front, there uh, a new artist that I I haven't played before. I don't know if maybe you've played it uh, played her over the years. Una Healy was there. She's from uh, Thurless in in the Tip, and uh, that was uh, a track from her that we uh, that we played. She's um, she was part of this uh, whole group. Uh, the the um, uh, Irish Women in Harmony group, and that's where uh, where I started coming across her. Now she's she's actually was a big name, believe it or not. Now she's got her solo career going now, but she was part of the Saturdays, which was a huge um, British kind of girl band. But she was the the Irish member of that band, and uh, I suppose back in the in the uh, early noughties, they came to fame really in in two thousand and and eight. But uh, she has her own. Her own uh, Irish career, or solo career now. So that was uh, that was a track from her, and uh, so there you go. Brilliant. All right. Well, we'll play a wee bit of music. We'll we'll have your interview now with Shane Dowling coming up very shortly. And uh, speaking of Irish women in harmony, um, why don't we play that track that they covered of the Coors, given the uh, the Limerick tie-in, or sorry, not the Coors, the Cranberries, the Limerick tie-in there, and the song Dreams, beautiful track. This is Irish women in harmony.
writer, 
boss, singer, sinner, lover, carer, endless beginner. Introvert, extrovert, every kind of vert. Assertive, confident, confidant, non-conformist, nonchalantly flaunting, flirting and funny as hell. Storyteller, secret keeper, dreamer, reader, non-credence believer, bleeder, bleeding deadly, survivor, thriver, chancer, skyver, I'm a ducker, I'm a diver, I'm hungry for knowledge, but I'm full of it, full of pain, full of joy. One size doesn't fit Like a glove that I'm not But I am what I am And I'm good at that I'm ordinary I'm extraordinary I'm a queen I'm a bee I'm sweetness of honey I'm salt of the sea I am the seed I am the earth I, Gaia, she, I matriarch, I am I, I am we, I am woman, I am me. When you think of Irish tradition, what comes to mind? Live music, great hospitality, and a pub atmosphere of laughter and song imported from the Emerald Isle itself. And one of Ireland's greatest imports is the Keane family, serving up the finest fare and crack this side of County Galway since 1991 at the Galway Arms. The family-owned pub has been charming patrons since, well, last century, and as a result attracts some of the GTA's greatest Irish Irish characters. Known far and wide for its chef-designed menu and traditional Irish music, It's also Toronto's home of Gaelic games live from Ireland on the big screens. You can like them on Facebook and you're sure to like them in person. Visit thegalwayarms.ca to view daily specials. The Galway Arms, your home away from home and not too far from home at 838 the Queensway in Etobicoke. Call 416-251-0096. Make a date and make it for the Galway Arms. Okay, yes, indeed. And I know, uh, Mark, you were talking to Michael about yeah, uh, the Go Arms. Yeah. I wanted to, to mention to our listeners that I got a lovely message here from, uh, from Michael and, and Della, and uh, they wanted to um, specifically ask that we call out on the show um, uh, to pass on um, their message of thanks to everyone who's come out to support them since they reopened uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they're very happy to see everyone again, and they just wanted to uh, uh, let everybody know that it means the world to them, uh, that everybody came out to support them the way they have. So it's fantastic. Um, support these uh, these uh, small businesses, Ken, who are just trying to, to get uh, get back off their knees. So I think it's it's wonderful, and uh, continue to do so. Um, I, I I'm not in that cohort that has shown my support yet, so. Uh, I might uh, snake up there tomorrow, uh, Ken, and, uh, and show my own appreciation there. So there we go. Good man. Good for you. I hope you uh, hope you certainly do that. And uh, you can have one on me. I'll put one in behind the bar for you. Get that sorted out now. But don't go behind the bar now. You can't be going in there. Don't be at that. Now, um, 
Marco, uh, I have a question for you here on uh, on GA Sport here now. Mayo would be a big part of your life uh, now these days, you know, and um, I'm seeing that Chris Barrett will be will be playing alongside Jack McCaffrey in the Dublin Senior Football Championship. He's uh, got the transfer in to go to Clontarf. What do you make of that news? Wow. Well, listen, uh, it, uh, I mean, it ha- has, must have to do with the fact that um, doing that uh, commute to, to, uh, to play for his club team in Mayo is uh, a bit of a challenge. So listen, you have to follow the work. He's not the first to do that. No. Jack O'Shea travel up and, uh, and, uh, and, and kick a little ball in, in, in Kildare. Uh, Leash lads are up playing for club teams up in Dublin as well. Uh, he's not the first, but uh, he's certainly one of the bigger names to do it. That's for sure. Well, now if leash if leash lads are are, are switching from from leash clubs to Dublin clubs, now I, I have I have difficulty with that. Sure, what are you about forty five minute drive to an hour away? I can understand now this lad. He's he's travel. You know his home club is Belmullet, but um, I I I don't know about leash fellas now. I couldn't be making an excuse for them. I would say that it probably would take almost as far to go to training in Mayo from Belmullet as it would be to go from <laughs> Belmullet into uh, or from Castlebar into Dublin. It would be a, uh, one, one heck of a drive. But um, I don't know if you know or not, but uh, he has a brother out here that plays with the Toronto Gales, a, a great, uh, a great footballer. And um, I don't know if you remember, but the day after our wedding, um, when uh, when we were coming out, we were checking out of the hotel. Uh, Chris Barrett was popping in there. He got married in the same place as I did. I do remember that. Yes, indeed. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Another small world, huh? He likes to spread him his his wealth around the place. He's playing football in Dublin and getting married in Leash. Isn't isn't that something? Huh? Very good. All right. Um, uh, before the the ad break, there we had uh, the lovely sound there of Imelda May from uh, from her latest offering, and I, I had played that a few weeks ago, um, probably in around maybe even Mother's Day or so. But um, Imelda May, that's a, a series of poems that that she eventually put to music, and that particular one, the title of that is Becoming. And she was having lunch with uh, Michelle Obama, and that is the title of Michelle's latest book and uh Imelda asked her if she could steal shamelessly the title of that and Michelle gave her the title so that's how that little piece there is called Becoming. So there you go. Imelda hanging around with the Obamas. How about that? Indeed, indeed. All right, I have a request here, first of all, Mark, and then um, we'll play a little uh, Cranberries, and then we'll head into the uh, Shane Downling interview. But uh, this one here is uh, a request for Flight of the Earls, and it's for Frances Elms, and it's from her uh, her favourite son-in-law, I understand, Dennis Stacy, and so he's sending this out to the best mother-in-law. Here we go. Dublin in this lonely waiting room and the paper boys are singing in the rain not too long before they take us to the airport and the noise 
to get on board a transatlantic plane. We've got nothing left to stay for. We have no more left to say. And there isn't any work for us to do. So farewell, you boys and girls. Another bloody flight of ours. Our best asset is our best export It's not more the fear of famine that makes us leave this time. We're not going to join McAlpine's Fusiliers. We've got brains and we've got vision. We've got education too. But we just can't throw away these precious years. So we walk the streets of London and the streets of Baltimore. And we meet at night in several Boston bars. We're the leaders of the future, but we're far away from home. And we dream of you beneath the Irish stars As we load on Ellis Island And the lady and Manhattan turns to face another Sunday We just wonder what you're doing But you bring us all back home As we look forward to another Monday Because it's not the world that scares us We don't mind an honest job and we know things will get better once again. So a thousand times adieu, we've got Bono and you too. And all we're missing is the Guinness and the rain. So switch off your new computers, cause the writing's on the wall. We're leaving as our fathers did before Take a look at Dublin Airport Or the boat that leaves North Wall There'll be no youth unemployment anymore Because we're over here in Queensland And in parts of New South Wales And if we see better days, those big airplanes go both ways, and we'll all be coming home to you again. 
folks well as promised this morning we are at least in the virtual presence of greatness and i'm absolutely delighted to be joined in the line now by limerick hurler shane dowling and uh, just to give some context for our listeners uh, in terms of some of shane's accomplishments uh, shane has five limerick titles with the napiercy club in limerick four munster titles with them and uh, a cherished all-ireland club medal with napiercy and, of course, many people will know that he was also on the Limerick team, which won the All-Ireland title in 2018, defeating Galway, um, a game in which he also scored a goal. Uh, a couple of Munster titles with Limerick and a National Hurling League medal as well. Lots of other things that I could mention about, about his bio. Uh, you're very good morning, Shane. Thanks a lot. And welcome to Keologus Crack. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, you know it sure is it sure is well listen um anytime we do this the, the i know that uh, hurling is probably going to be the theme of our interview but just uh, to get to get this out of the way uh, your family are safe and uh, i don't know what you do outside of hurling shane but uh, how are you coping during the pandemic yeah, so I'm uh, I'm operations manager here for for some uh, Centra shops in, in in Limerick City. Uh, we have four stores. Um, three have stayed, have managed to stay open. Thankfully, one we've had to close down. Um, we'd say back in March, and we still haven't reopened because it's located where there's where it's mainly uh, 
with, with our offices, the Northern Trust offices, and obviously all in papers that are working from home. So the three shops in the city centre, in O'Bannon Street into two in William Street, uh, we survived. Uh, you know, obviously for a couple of weeks there wasn't too many people around town, but you know we got through it, and uh, we're coming out the other end. And thankfully there are many people around town, and, and we're busy again. So I, I suppose lucky for me, my family, uh, we haven't been affected too bad. I, I don't know anybody that uh, that even got the virus, not alone, uh, would have would have passed away from it directly. So um, no, I I, I I consider myself to be very fortunate, and my family to be very fortunate during what was obviously very difficult times. Yeah, good, and I uh, hope it stays that way for you. And and I suppose, um, listen, two weeks ago, Shane, or a little over two weeks ago, it probably surprised many people, maybe people closer to you, it didn't surprise, but you have decided at the age of 27 to retire from inter-county uh, hurling. Had you made the decision some time ago, Shane, or was it driven by another bit of bad news that you might have got about the knee injury, or was there a specific event that kind of... Um, you know that that just uh, that, where you felt the timing was right, or, or what what would have been the catalyst for the timing? Yeah, so I didn't make the decision to retire. Uh, the decision was made for me. Uh, so, which was last Wednesday month at this stage, I went down to get a procedure done in Waterford, and um, to get some, as they call it, loose bodies removed from my knee. I thought I, some basically my cartilage in my right knee is diseased, as it was called to me. So I uh, that's my first operation, like two serious operations, and the one last week or four, four weeks ago was a scope, so it's not over serious, uh, he just went in to, to my mind to remove some loose bodies, and I've been back running in four or five weeks time, but when he went in, he discovered uh, he discovered more damage, uh, another defect in my knee has caused, so basically a hole in my knee, a hole in my cartilage, that's the third one that's there, and uh, he, he was, uh, I didn't get it done at the time, but I probably did get another procedure done uh, to fix that, and um, you know, even going on after that, the, the, the cartilage around, the defect area, you know, is, is also disease. So the chances of that, I suppose, falling off is, is quite high as well. As they said, it's just me, you know, it, I'm just even being honest about it now, I'm even struggling still on a day-to-day basis walking around the place. I thought it'd even be better. So, um, you know, it was, it was affecting me. I was, I was different people were asking questions about my knee and would I be back for this, that and the other thing. And, I was lying to my heart and thought I wasn't going to be and uh, I was lying to different people uh, and I just said, you know what, it is what it is and I'm going to have to face the music and, uh, you know, I said, listen, why delay and I just wanted to, to get it out there so I could try to park it and move on to the next chapter of my life. It's going to be very difficult, but I said, that was my reasoning for it. And uh, <clears throat> when did you actually end up letting John Kylie know about the decision and was he surprised or, um, or were you the one that, that broke the news to him? Yeah, so well, I got to procedure on a Wednesday. I obviously took a bit of time. The surgeon spoke to me afterwards and told me the situation. So, uh, you know, I met a couple of friends just following a few days. And uh, the Friday week, so about maybe nine or ten days afterwards, I, I texted John and asked when he called into my house for a cup of tea. Uh, we obviously couldn't go to a hotel or we couldn't meet anywhere because most places were still closed. So John called in and, um, you know, I, I, I told him. And he, he wasn't surprised. He had a fair idea that he was coming into here. Um, he obviously knows the trouble that I've had in my knee down to the years and um, you know he was, he was disappointed he was upset uh, you know his words were that it doesn't sit well with him that a guy at 27 has to, has to pack it in um, you know with so much ahead of me but uh, you know I, I suppose after I told him gone and when he left the house 
you know, that was the fight, that was the, that was the, that was the moment for me where I said, you know, this is it, this is it's all over. Even though I knew myself beforehand, and um, you know, I got huge support from John and and one or two others in the, in the management team and how to go about it. And um, so that was how it happened, really. And um, I, I suppose, I mean, you talked about the. The, the fact that you're still uh, uh, kind of, um, you know, have trouble, a bit of trouble walking there, but does this also mean the end of your club career or is it just the demands of inter-county that, you know, would really take its toll or is, is uh, are you done on the club side too, Shane? Uh, no, not definitely. Uh, I suppose right now, like, I won't be playing I won't be playing so far tonight. I told somebody asked there a couple of weeks ago, obviously the club championship is starting in the next weekend and uh, Somebody asked me, you know, will I, will I be playing next weekend? And my answer to that was that I'm not even in the water by next weekend, that alone play. So I'm a long way down the road before I do uh, hopefully play again. And if I can't play out field, you know, who knows, I might build a career in goals and offer, offer something that way. But uh, yeah. I won't be playing hurling for a long time again. And if I am, uh, it might even only be in goals. Oh, how ironic. How ironic that would be after you terrifying goalies your entire career and then you get to go in there yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose I, I had the inside knowledge how a forward is thinking going through on goal, so it might stand some bit of an advantage to me. There is something to be said for that. So, uh, specific to your inter-county career, um, uh, uh, maybe it's a bit of a no-brainer, but does the All-Ireland and medal, the, the All-Ireland victory kind of stand out as the most cherished memory or is there... Is there a one in there that might surprise us a little bit that was a bigger highlight or, or, or really was that just difficult to trump? Well, I suppose what people have to realise is that, you know, from a young kid, I'm, I'm only normal guy, a young kid growing up, looking at Limerick here, I just wanted to play hurling for Limerick. And the first day I got to put on the jersey for me with all the highlights. And it, that can never be underestimated. And I never forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really much to wear the Limerick jersey. And every time I wore it, I never took it for granted. And I'd like to think that I put it back in the same place or maybe a better place than when I got it back in 2012. Obviously, in terms of success, the All-Ireland is what you always wanted to win. You didn't grow up dreaming of league medals or monster medals. I'm under fantastic, don't get me wrong. You know, massive, massive medals to have. I'm very fortunate to have them. You know, everyone, everybody wants to get their hand in the All-Ireland. And, uh, you know, that year was obviously phenomenal. The All-Ireland semi-final, incredible game versus Cork going into the final against Galway. And then what happened after that for the, for the winter ahead, you know, for the celebrations that were there and meeting different people and seeing what it meant to people. And I can tell you, if not even see what it meant to people in Ireland, see what it meant to people uh, far and wide, including America. There's some fantastic people in America, not just Limerick people, but there's obviously some fantastic Limerick people as well. There was a couple of functions on over there that I didn't get to go to because the club uh, would have been uh, going through the, the multi championship success. And um, but I got feedback from the lads and phenomenal people over in America and the phenomenal Limerick people and obviously people that were lucky enough to get home to see it for them to, to, to meet some of the players in the Lee McCarthy Cup when the lads got over there in the winter was obviously magic moments as well. So you know the first day I got to wear it, obviously the All Ireland win and the, the memories that I've been able to create over the years is really what stands out. Brilliant. And so um, it didn't look like it would happen, uh, Shane, but. It does look like there's going to be a, a 2020 championship. Um, how, how do you feel about it all? Do you think it's going to work? Uh, uh, how do you how do you like how the uh, we had uh, John Horn on last week on our show, uh, Shane, and he talked about you know the, the, some of the challenges making that decision. But how do you feel like 
How do you feel about where they have landed on 2020? Listen, one one final question, and let's let's put the pandemic aside right now. Um, how do you feel about where hurling is at the moment, Shane, in, in the country? You still have. Uh, I'm a leash man, and we were absolutely thrilled to to beat Dublin um, last year in the championship, of course. But we, we've had our celebrations have been far and few between. But um, you have this so-called dominance across the, the hurling counties, and it's just been so challenging. Yeah, about the you know the usual counts it's been so challenging for others to break into that how do you feel about or how would you characterize where things are at with that and and is it just something that we accept and move on that you know the the, the seven eight nine counties that are really good at the sport will always be the seven eight nine counties that that will be good at the sport limerick being included in that of course Yeah. Um, only, only three or four years ago, and obviously David Fitz was known there and has done a fantastic job. And now they're they're definitely within that top seven or eight anyway, uh, and up the higher end of it. So uh, I don't buy that. I think it depends on county board, it depends on players, it depends on management. Uh, I mean, you look at Limerick from 2011 to 2016. You know, we we okay, we won a multi championship, but we wouldn't have really been considered 100 and contenders. And then a good crop of players came. You know, good county board, good management team, and you know that's that's what it's about. And obviously, there are some counties out there uh, that, that are going to struggle, and because I suppose Harlan just might be predominant in that county. But I think Leash, you know, I think Leash is some great players as an example. They've got a good manager. They beat Dublin last year. Um, you know, are they going to be the Limerick or are they going to be the Cork or the Tipperary? You know, maybe at this point in time they might struggle, but 
who knows when it would have continued to mount the work with underage swimmers on huge uh, work with the academy here and would have put a lot of effort into the 14-year-olds upwards. And I think if a lot of counties concentrate on that, you would surprise very well enough. And I mean, there's only 10 counties now that have been in all Ireland. That's a lot of counties. Mm-hmm. In three years, there's only two and three. So I think Hurling is in a very strong place. It's very competitive. The players that play, we obviously are, you know, putting a huge amount of work and effort. And um, it, the standard is quite high. And I think the people across the world are very fortunate to be able to see the spectacle that is the game of Hurling and see the state that it's in in this current time. Well said, Shane. And listen, um, I just wanted to say thanks a lot for doing this. Um, hurling, to me, is the greatest game in the world. And you don't have to be from Limerick to admire the greatest game in the world being played by greatest players. And uh, listen, you're one of them, one of the greatest players of the modern era. Um, it's sad that you'll be departing the game. I'm sure it was very sad for you at the age of 27 to have to make that decision. Uh, but I can tell you, you're a walking highlight reel. And uh, the things that you've done on the field uh, for Limerick and for Napiershig um, at, at underage level uh, will will have delivered memories that many people will you know will cherish. And I wish you the best of luck, Shane. It would be great if you could. Hopefully, we might see you between the sticks there in some stages. You said that would be very interesting. But uh, just take care of yourself. And, and so, thank you very much for doing this. We're honoured to have you had you on the show here. All right. See you, Shane. Thank you very much. while world over. 
dear old Ireland, he'll no longer tarry. An American girl he's sure to marry. And still she cried, I love him the best. And a troubled mind shirking, no, no rest. And still she cried, bunny boys are few. And if my love leaves me, what will I do? And still she cried, I love him the best. Till this load comes off your back You can shout no 
in the city of Chicago. As the evening shadows fall, there are people dreaming of the hills of Donegal. Seven was the year it all began. Deadly pains of hunger drove a million from the land. They journeyed not for glory, their motive wasn't greed. A voyage of survival across the stormy sea. To the city of Chicago, as the evening shadows fall. There are people dreaming of the hills of Donegal. Some of them knew fortune, some of them knew fame, more of them knew hardship, died upon the plain. They spread throughout the nation They rode the railroad cars They brought their songs and music To ease their lonely heart To the city of Chicago As the evening shadows fall There are people raven By the hills of Donegal In the city of Chicago, as the shadows fall, there are people dreaming of the hills of Donegal. Donegal. What do you think about that, then, Joe Rolly? All right, there you go. We had a, a little run of music there for you, a bit of limerick in the crowd. Of course, a great interview there, Marco, with Shane Dowling. We had a little cranberries linger before that, and then the great sound of Emma Langford with uh, Marianna. And uh, Emma is from um, Limerick as well. She's got a new album coming out called Sewing Acorn. She's got a lovely sound. Back in the... Uh, 2018, the RTE had the inaugural Folk Awards and she was recognised as the best newcomer. So uh, have a listen into her music. It's brilliant. Emma Langford is her name. Yeah. I often wonder, Ken, when the Canadians are listening to a, a, a Limerick accent, if they can really figure out what's going on. Uh, he has a fairly heavy one. 
He does indeed, and um, he th- he thought he was talking to Americans. Clearly, um, <laughs> he referenced it. I noticed you were very polite. You didn't correct him. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to correct him, but anyway, I think we uh, I think the same message applied to Canada anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's overseas GAA community in general. I think yeah. I think we'll have to we'll have to let him away with that. I, I'm just you know we'll have to get Mr. Jermalan to uh, set up the guests a little better than that in the future. Anyway, listen, we're, uh, we're absolutely delighted to be joined on the line by a young man who's making a big difference in our community and in the Canadian community, Michal O'Rourke, originally from Armagh, came here, I believe, in 2014. Is that right, Michal? That's right, Ken. Yeah. How are you doing? You're very welcome to the programme. Thanks for having me. Thank you to be here. Good man, good man. So, uh, you know, you're, you're doing wonders, I suppose, in your own uh, line of work, but you're also heavily involved in, in ICANN and you're also part of the um, community Irish Community Outreach Programme as well. So first of all, thanks a million for all you do and uh, all your colleagues as well. Maybe uh, give us a little bit of insight into uh, to how you've been seeing it from, from, I suppose, the front lines, Michal. Yeah, it's, um, I tuned in a little earlier, actually, I think Brian Tony was talking a bit about being a worker and an essential worker and my day-to-day job Ken and Mark is um, you know I'm a full-time mental health team lead at Toronto Western Hospital so since COVID started really I, I, I'm an essential worker Monday to Friday sometimes six days a week so I've been traveling in and out of the hospital every day um, in various capacities and various roles um, we're still trying to provide support to our, our community with mental health needs but you know as, as COVID sort of came upon us it was pretty much all hands on deck for, for hospital workers to support the hospital in any sort of way we, we could. So some of my roles would have included maybe screening people coming in at the, at the doors of Toronto Western and UHN. Um, and we, we set up uh, an internal support line, which was really established by the uh, by the mental health therapist within UHN as a, as a line to support our doctors or nurses who are actually in ICUs or in emergency departments trying to save a lot of people from COVID. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a busy time, a really different world for, for a lot of us, but that's my day to day really, you know, um, we're working at uh, Toronto Western and we're, we're kind of moving back to sort of reestablishing, uh, some sort of normality in terms of the services we provide. We're moving through the phases, but that that's obviously dictated in terms of how the cases are progressing and the stages that Ontario and, and Toronto are moving through as well. Great, uh, Michal, and and the the Irish community, you know, that you're you're helping out through ICANN. What are you seeing on that front? Do we have uh, a lot of people reaching out to you? Yeah, well, it was always sort of you know the need was always there, Ken. Um, you know, ICANN was, has been established for quite a while now. I came here in 2014, but it was 2012 when it was set up by a lot of really uh, a lot of a lot of Irish community, a lot of partners within the GA. Um, the Ireland Chamber of Commerce, Irish Culture Society, and Ireland Fund of Canada to bring a service really for Irish diaspora to support them when they, when they arrive here. So initially, when, when I arrived here, I went through similar experiences as, as as we all did in terms of trying to establish myself and, and certainly like finding a job, uh, finding a house, finding a place to live, build a network, build a connection. And you know, ICANN is very much set up support in areas of immigration so it was uh, immigration issues or permanent residency 
or employment, uh, like Jerry O'Connor has been providing a very important workshop for from the very beginning every week. And that's really when I arrived to Toronto, I heard about ICANN and the work they do and, you know, sort of alleviate some of the stress. I was I was one of the first guys there uh, when I got off the plane was to, to go to the workshop because I wanted to, wanted to build connections, wanted to build a network. And the uh, the Irish community, when we move here, I think ICANN has, has saw that as a need to support them with these important areas to help people settle when they arrive here. Um, but but absolutely, you know, like I think you know the, the driving force behind the center, Kathy Kathy Murphy. She's the executive director, and she, she's got such great vision. When I approached her, you know, I have was established here for a couple of years. I've been working in the healthcare sector, and I went back to Kathy and said, "Listen, you know, you've done a lot for me, but you know, I, I've seen a lot of sort of gaps in terms of maybe where immigrants, refugees, people in our position, where they might need support. You know, might need information about how to navigate certain systems like healthcare systems or social service systems." Uh, because it can be very overwhelming and very challenging for a lot of people when they come here in terms of how do I get a doctor? How do I um, how do I get mental health support if I need it? Um, as we know, like Canada is a large country, uh, and each province varies in terms of where you you settle, uh, and, and it varies in terms of what services you can access. So when I when I initially approached ICANN, it was you know I was a new arrivals representative, I was a volunteer, I was a board member, and through the hard work of Kathy Murphy and other board members, there was a need seeing to support people and identify people to support them in the Irish community with mental health and addiction support. So I, I've been in this sort of role for, for a number of years now and COVID definitely has brought a lot of it up in terms of the isolation part, being away from home, um, not being able to sort of connect with people in your community, which is vitally important. Um, you know, you leave Ireland, you come here, you want to be part of the GAA, you want to be part of the arts, the culture, and that's all part of our identity, you know, for most Irish people. And, and COVID, in a way, has sort of ripped that away, you know, without any sort of notice. And um, certainly a lot of people are isolated, that's for sure. Um, we're seeing a lot of that. A lot of people are getting frustrated. COVID's brought around, brought about a lot of uncertainty, I would say, in, in the sense that, you know, it came upon us pretty quick. There's no certainty of when it's actually going to end. You know, people are already talking about wave twos. We haven't even got there yet. Um, but, you know, it, it's been a challenging time and, and I'm just happy that I'm in a position of being put there by Kathy and the board members and, and the supporting partners of ICANN uh, to support the Irish diaspora right across the nation, right across uh, Canada. Nihal, the, the, the people that um, that kind of come and seek help here, um, if they hadn't moved to, it's a bit of a bizarre question, but if they hadn't mm-hmm. moved to Canada and experienced that uh, quote-unquote isolation or other issues, are are are, the, are those people that would have had an underlying um, mental health condition, even if they didn't come here, that there was a kind of a baseline of mental health issues to begin with, and it was then compounded by immigration and what the experience leaving Ireland, um, or or was it completely brought on by the change in in uh, you know? Yeah, it's you know it's a really good question, Mark, and you know. I- to really answer that and understand that it's, it's to know the person better and their background and their upbringing and their history and we don't go that far we don't really know but what we do know that um but for anybody who who is uh adjusting to a stressor in life uh it, it, it's difficult you know um and certainly immigrant moving out of your own home country to another country that's a huge event that's there's a lot of adversity and a lot of challenges there and what we kind of call those like precipitating events in your life uh, which can be a trigger or a catalyst to, for the onset of mental health problems. And we typically deal with stress quite well in a lot of ways. As well. um, you know, like I'll, I'll give you small examples. Maybe we have a, 
we have a radio interview this morning and you get a bit of anxiety and the, and the butterflies in the stomach and you have to talk. But, you know, we cope with that and we get over it. And we get over with it pretty quickly. It, it's really when the sort of problems start to go on for a long period of time. And, and, and that's when maybe sort of support in your own community comes in. And one of the most protective factors really against long-term mental health problems, Mark, is connection and being around people. Um, and so when you think of that, if you leave Ireland, you're leaving your family, you're leaving your community of support behind you, your your friends, your your GA club, whatever it is, those people emotionally you heavily rely upon. And you're sort of like leaving that behind to go to a new country and establish that again. And uh, the sooner that can happen, the better. Um, and that's one of the huge, uh, best protective factors against anybody uh, mm-hmm. becoming uh, becoming any worse with winning that mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard to really know. It, it certainly wouldn't help if somebody had left and had maybe anxiety or, or maybe depression, some sort of symptoms that, that would make it a lot more difficult. Michal, uh, it must make your role rather difficult. Again, just the whole connection piece. And now you're probably with, even if it's new patients, you're having to deal over Zoom or Microsoft team meetings, something like that. You know, that must present a challenge. And you know, not just for yourself to communicate with someone because that whole interaction piece, but for the person on the other end of the line too who's trying to express what they're going through. Um, yeah, it, it, it provides a lot of challenges. You know, for, for somebody in my position who provides the service I do, you know, nonverbal behaviors, nonverbal cues are vitally important. You have somebody sitting in front of you, you see that they're anxious, they're fidgeting. And they're sweating, um, you know, those sort of cues that you, you can't really see uh, and establish that sort of connection with somebody in that bond is quite hard, Ken. Um, but, you know, I, I have to say that, you know, COVID maybe brought the importance of, you know, why we need technology as well to the forefront, because it did actually exist. You know, we did actually provide a lot of services pre-COVID, you know, video call if it's Zoom or MS Teams or in Ontario, we use OTN in the, in the healthcare network. And, and that that was always sort of existing uh, to a point where people were they were socially anxious, they couldn't maybe go to a hospital setting and couldn't go out in society. So th- there is pros and there is cons to it. What's the um, how does the process work uh, in terms of you providing um, the the counselling work that you do, Mihal? Are you are you um, you know, is the call intercepted by somebody else and then you're linked with that person? Like, how how are you connected with people or are you their first point of contact? Yeah, so so what I can, it, it can come from a various point of sources. Uh, Mark, you know, typically somebody might hear about us um, through a friend. They might uh, hear about it through social media. They might have read that, you know, I exist because of, because of word of mouth. Um, but typically people would, would Contact us, you know, they go on our website to get the contact information. I have my number there, my email address. And then from there, people would would send us a message um, voluntarily to, to connect with us because they know now that we exist in the service that we provide. Mm. We also get a lot of referrals and a lot of people signposted our way from other community partners, you know, in Vancouver or, or in Ottawa or other agencies here in Toronto. So that's typically how, how we, we find uh, people coming to us. And when we are connected with them, you know, we... We do want to emphasize the, the importance that, you know, our, our roles and our positions, yes, we're professionals in what we do. We, we have a lot of expertise and skills and knowledge in the areas of social services and healthcare and things like that. Um, but we really want to signpost, we really want to just sort of point people in the direction with information that, that really directly uh, meets their needs. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, if, if they need to come back to us, they have more questions, we need a sort of support or advocate in their way. You know, we take different measures, we policies policies in place where we can do that. Mm-hmm. 
And then from a from a resourcing standpoint, uh, Michal, is it manageable with just yourself or would you say it's under-resourced right now and you need more help? So that's a good question. There's actually two of us. Um, we now have a building in Vancouver um, because, as you know, like our, our people who serve the defence service nationwide, Mark. So, yeah, it's difficulty trying to get, you know, if I'm based in Toronto, but, you know, technology does allow. I've, I've flown out a number of times to Vancouver to speak to the Irish community. But over the past number of months, we've been very fortunate to have uh, Gillian Goulding in place. She's a social worker by profession and she works in areas uh, where she's very knowledgeable and got great skill set. So we've now established that. For me, I'm Toronto-based and I provide national sort of social uh, service sort of support and advice to Gillian and anybody else that sort of comes my way. Um, but, you know, you're living in landmass-wise the second largest country in the world. Um, yeah. That in itself does provide a lot of challenges and physically it's very hard to get the people directly face-to-face. You know, center when when before COVID had come along, it was open. People could walk in directly and chat with Kathy and get some some very nice support. Um, but now we're sort of heading in a direction where we have to reach people in maybe in, in rural areas, maybe Alberta or Edmonton, the yeah. Ireland, where we do it like this. We, we Zoom, we phone people. I was going to say that we're on a Zoom call right now. I can see you, you can see me. I, I would imagine it's a, uh, it's a, it's a medium that, that um, uh, would, would be extremely useful right now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, only for it, I think the barrier of, of, of Trying to get the people across the country, it'd be virtually impossible at times. Brilliant. <coughs> Michal, you came here uh, from Armagh and you came with your, your partner, Partner, sorry, uh, how are you, you know, six years in, I guess now, you've uh, you've adjusted well, there's no going back, is there? <laughs> I don't answer that uh, fully because uh, some friends and family back at home might be listening to this and they might not hear but we've been in for six years now um, myself and Leah Leah McCullough she's from Camla she's also from South Armagh she uh, people came here with, with dreams aspirations we wanted to live together we wanted to get a career um, that, they were the real sort of driving forces behind coming to Canada and Canada has obviously been very generous to the Irish and British citizens in the IEC initiative. So we took the, the option of the two years and pretty much from there, um, we've remained, Ken. Um, and, you know, coming here only for the support of the Irish community. You know, I have a cousin here, Jacinta O'Hanlon. And, you know, when I when I came here, she was one of the first people to connect me. Then I could connect it with some Mike's GAA club, uh, Sean Hart, Alton Blee. You have so many people like Shane McCarville involved in the club who are really, really supportive. And, you know, I, it's, the GAA, for, for me, you know, Mark, you spoke about it before a little bit. It's, you know, it's something I've always been around. It's something where, you know, I know I could go and feel safe and build sort of friendships with and that connection with. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've been given opportunities by Alexa Vaican and Kathy Murphy and other people. I've I've uh, I've been working in healthcare assistance since I came here. You know, you pick up jobs any job really when you come here to just get established and get the sort of get the money situation going but um yeah i've been here six years now and it's, it's been a it's been a pretty good journey canada's been very good to me i'll um i'll be getting those transfer papers over to you for the toronto gales uh i think they're in the mail Hall. so get them signed off fast and get them back to me will you boots are hung up mark they're retired <laughs> sorry boots are up you hung them up they're, they're, they're done they're done <laughs> Oh, very good. Well, you're doing fantastic work. Um, you know, people speak very highly of the work that you're doing and the contribution that you're making there, Michal. So, 
fair play to you. It's uh, it's very important. It's very important um, uh, work that you're doing. I have um, uh, not many people know, but I have a sibling who's going through a very difficult time right now, and um, I, I can tell you that um, I really wish there was a, a, a support network like that for her over here and um, uh, or over in Ireland rather. So. Uh, it's just incredibly important work that you're doing, and um, congratulations, and keep it going. It's, it's just brilliant. Thanks, thanks, Daniel. And, and just a couple of things, just for anybody who's listening, in case it's, it's useful for them to know. We, uh, I already mentioned about Gillian in, in Vancouver. You know, a lot of people might not really have heard that, but she's now established there, and she's supporting the ISGF in Vancouver, BC. Um, and um, every Monday, we're very active on social media, so keep an eye out on our Facebook around post mental health related items, it might be resources, it might be really good, uh, you know, uh, webinar or something. It's it's very important that you know if, if you want to if you want to keep connected and understand where this sort of support is, then we do that every Monday. We also have a very very detailed mental health resource page. We've got guides, we've got podcasts on the ICANN website, uh, and in the month of August we're hoping to launch another campaign, uh, which will be beneficial to the Irish across Canada. So. Listen, thanks very much. I really appreciate having me on here, um, and, and I hope, uh, yeah, I hope this is helpful for anybody. Michal, you've been uh, you've been great. I, well, I certainly want to echo what what Mark has said there. Um, you do tremendous work, and uh, you and the entire team at ICANN too. I mean, all the stuff and the resources you've been putting up, um, and the, the fitness stuff that's gone on through COVID, and 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 just everything that that you're doing as a new, you know, somebody new coming in. It, it uh, and certainly from people. I never thought I'd be in this stage. By the way, when I was a new fella coming in, there was always old guys like me <laughs> sitting around going, "Oh gosh, here's more new guys," and now we're the old fellas, kind of saying, "Fair." play because so many of the likes of yourself and others in the community have just stepped up and continuing on what the people before myself and Mark came had been doing for the community you've spread it a lot more of course through ICANN but it's it's just wonderful to see that that that's getting continued and uh, we really really appreciate everything that that you're doing and uh, and and all the uh, the new young members of this uh, this great country here Thanks, Thanks a million. Listen, we uh, we um, look forward to chatting to you again in the future, and and certainly look forward to uh, to seeing you uh, out and about in the community when uh, when uh, when we can when we can socialise again. Absolutely, I look forward to it. Thanks again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little uh, little Armagh music for you, Mihal. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with these fellas or not. Um, I've played them on the program before. They're uh, they're called Kuig. Have you ever heard of them? Go again. I might lost connection. What did you say again? Who are they? They're they're a band called Kuig. Have you okay. ever have you ever heard of them? Not familiar with them. Sorry, man. No, that's all right. No worries. You don't have to be. Anyway, they're uh, they're a fabulous band. They're actually made up of members from our man Tyrone. And uh, they're. Uh, that, doesn't happen, that doesn't happen too often. No, no, it doesn't. It certainly wouldn't happen out on the field, anyway, would it? No, no. <laughs> anyway, no, Thank you. enjoy this track here. All the best, Michal. Take care. Keep on. Good luck.
Yeah, the sounds there of Mr. Rory Gallagher. Very special request there for Charlie Dorley, Mark. He uh, he wanted a bit of Rory Gallagher this morning. Um, he didn't say why, but uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Deep Elm Blues. What a fabulous track. It was so funny when Charlie sent a late request, by the way. I know you were saying to him last night, hey, come on. What's the crack here with these late requests? But... Um, I was able to dig one out, and it just so happened I was listening to some Rory Gallagher this week, and even Heather was enjoying um, listening to Rory. He's, uh, there's a fabulous album, Wheels Within Wheels, and that particular track is taken from it. Uh, so I hope Charlie enjoyed that one. Get him ready for this big golf game. We're playing in the Brian Dolan golf uh, outing today down at Lakeview. Fair play to uh, another young member of the community, Rory O'Donovan, who's putting all that together, isn't he? 
already out on the course now, them lads, or some of them. So yeah. They have the radios on and they're hitting them straight, right? I hope so, yeah. They'd want to be because uh, there's four lads going down there now today and we're going to be ripping that course apart. Not hackers. None of us are hackers. There'll be no tens. Hey, I wanted to do a shout-out. Uh, it's the 18th of July and um, my little sister's birthday is today. Ah. My sister Ruth, um, is um, she turns 48 today. I don't mind telling people. Happy birthday, Ruth. That's lovely. And, well done. Uh, she, uh, she is a nurse. Fair play to you, Ruth. Lovely, lovely lady. Met her on a few occasions now, Mark. So uh, happy birthday, Ruth. Great. uh, Have a great day. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Good stuff. Uh, A couple of uh, other shout outs, Mark, to uh, to listeners. A couple that called me this morning. Um, John Malloy was out there. He said he's normally out uh, maybe driving around in in the car listening to us. So he was wondering how he can uh, tune in. So I told him that just on the smartphone. You can get in touch with us, mixalor.com forward slash crack. But he's listening on the computer this morning, so a big shout out to John. And also to Larry and Louise Quinn listening in this morning. They also gave me a ring just to say, hey, what's going on? Where, where can we hear you from now on? They said to keep up the great work. So uh, thanks for them to uh, listening in as well. And the band, uh, just wanted to touch on that little band there that I played uh, from our man Tyrone there, Kuig, and uh, they are a uh, great band altogether. A bit of banjo, mandolin played by Michael Mullen. Ronan Stewart plays fiddle and Illin pipes, and as uh, they also do uh, some vocals there. So there are songs on on their album as well. Rory Stewart is on guitars, and Owen Murphy is on button accordion, and let's not forget Cahill Murphy on drums, guitars, and vocals too. So. Good band there if you want to check them out, if you like your bit of traditional Irish music. We played a lot of it now today, having Brian Tahoney on the programme, Mark. Yeah, it's very good, and a big thank you to uh, to Brian for taking the time out of his day to do that. And a uh, big thank you to, uh, to Michal, doing incredible work with ICANN there, and uh, dealing with um, uh, helping to support um, folks with mental health issues and other um, resources. And, um, and, of course, Shane Dowling. And a big shout-out to my friend... Uh, Jerm Milan over in Limerick, who, um, who of course isn't a Pirishik man himself, and uh, Jer was the one that was able to line up um, uh, the conversation with our, the, the interview with uh, with Shane Dowling. So thanks to Jer for doing that. He's heading off though. I think he has a golf match against Keith Wood and his son. You so are I kidding me? Doing all, um, you know. Time for the next guest, right? Yeah, well, we uh, we both met Keith uh, after the Scottish game there, and he promised he'd come on the programme. Um, he was grabbing me by the neck, by the way, at the time he said it. <laughs> I don't think my neck's ever been the same. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he said, uh, he said, yeah, get in touch, and I'll come on and do the programme. So we'll uh, definitely be working on that one. Fair play to Jer. Good luck in that game. All right. Well, look at. I'll be seeing you very shortly on the uh, on the first tee block down there at Lakeview. Uh, we'll go out here with uh, with some tracks. We're going to go to uh, to Dublin uh, first, and um, we'll play uh, Lynched, and they're called a song called Cold Old Fire. Then we're going to head Corkway, 
and uh, a good favourite on this programme, uh, John Spillane, and uh, a great old track. It's called River Lee. And we're going to stick with Cork, actually, and finish out with Mary Green. Uh, she is a member of the uh, Greenshine band. Uh, Mary is married to Noel Shine, so there you go. That's how they get their uh, their name. But this one in particular is Mary on her own. They also have her, their daughter, Ellie, in the band. Um, but there, Mary is originally from Waterford, but uh, settled in in Cork now with uh, with her husband and uh, with her husband Noel Shine. So that's how we'll finish out the program today. Until then, folks, we shall uh, chatty next week, and uh, I hope you enjoy the week. And thanks a million for joining in. Okay, All the best, Sloan. Even when we're losing Cause Dublin's gone as hard enough Especially when you're down and you're bruising We sing the old triangle and then the Tommy Ryan Cause all the wars are jail and we can't remember why why we agree to live and lie In embers of a coal out fire Nobody remembers They hand the ashes back to me Down the button factory Where cattle at the stall We look for signs That Dublin's heart still beaten that concrete and glass and pillars and mass They haven't stopped the people from screaming Been trapped by all the cameras You're inclined to stay at home And forget some songs were written To remind you you weren't born Born to live and lie and die in embers of a cold old fire Nobody remembers They hand the ashes back to me Down the button factory Where cattle at the stall We see the cracks Under the foundation Smoldering on the faces of the people on the drip of isolation We hear the sounds come streaming across the crackling air The broken words of swine who will tell us that we were Born to live and lie and die in embers of a cold old fire Nobody remembers they had me Ashes back to me down the button factory where cattle at the stall. How oh, and did we agree to live and lie and die in embers of a cold old fire? Nobody remembers they hand the ashes back to me down the button factory where cattle at the stall.
And that I have been washed clean And I have been set free And I don't need no church made out of stone I have dived into the lake in Gugonbara And swam with the monster, the she-serpent Lou who whipped the holy chalice out of the saint's hand long ago, the Lunine. She broke through the rock and she formed the river lane. I have swam with the monster in Gugon Barra Lake and I have emerged unscathed. I have come back to tell the tale that I have bathed in the sacred holy waters of the river Lee and that I have been washed clean and I have been set free. And that I don't need no church made out of stone. I have gone out the lee fields, beyond the dinosaur, to the old men who go there every day. And they says to me, Johnny boy, they says, come with us. We walks up and we floats down. And they does, they does. But I says, lads, I'm not going with you. Give me another 10 or 15 years. But as I breathe, if I live to tell the tale, I hope to go out and be one of them old men who goes there every day. We walks up and we floats down. And they does. Because I have bathed in the sacred holy waters of the River Lee. And I have been washed clean, and I have been set free. Woo! And I don't need no church made out of stone. And I don't need no cult of priests from Rome. Woo! And I have been washed clean. I have been set free. I have swam with the ghosts in Inniscarra graveyard. And I have come back to tell the tale. I have emerged once again, totally unharmed, unscathed. A few grey hairs are right like. But I have bathed in the sacred, holy waters of the River Lee. And I have been washed clean, and I have been set free. Woo! I would like to mention some of the beautiful rivers that pour their tribute into the River Lee. The Owen Garov, the Shornock, the Martin, the Tripsy, 
the Solon, the only male river in Ireland that claims a victim every seven years. Because I have bathed in the sacred waters of the River Lee, and I have been washed clean, and I have been set free. Woo! Across the waters of an ocean far, my life has taken many bends, some gentle as the touch of a trusted friend, some came on hard and sharp like shards of steel in my work. Through floods of tears That felt like they'd go on for years But is that the voice of love Calling me back Well I don't know I don't know Part of the common soul in the heart of the sound of the big world spinning round. A pebble 
along the beach of a distant star, picked up by a little hand to skim across the waters of an ocean far. One day, hopefully, one day, hopefully, we'll be in a place where all souls meet. The purpose of which is to wrap us all in love, wrap us all in love. A special soul land. Where spirits will go hand in hand, and it'll make no difference if we've never met before, 'cause we'll just know, we'll just know, into eternity we'll go. Part of the common soul, in the heart of the sound of the big world spinning round. Pebble on the beach of a distant star, picked up by a little hand 